I want you to take your Bibles today. I want you to turn to Ezekiel chapter 37. Ezekiel chapter 37. As you are turning in your Bibles to Ezekiel chapter 37, I want to introduce you to a friend of mine today. His name is Benny Drybones. Some of you can relate to Benny Drybones. Benny, would you say hi? <laughs> Benny hasn't always been this way. There were better days in Benny's life. In fact, there were days where Benny was full of life, excited, hearing, worshiping, following God with passion, fervency, couldn't get enough of the word. You would look at him and he was the image of life itself. But that was a long time ago. Things have happened down through the years in Benny's life. This COVID season has been difficult for him. Isolation, not being in fellowship, separated, listening to overindulging in news, the world is a dark place, a divided place, a violent place, uh, felt disconnected, had a lot of arguments with people, feeling more and more uh, desolate, more and more dark about the future. And Benny started to feel like something happened to him. In fact, he used to get into the Word and couldn't wait to jump into it, but he started getting into the Word less and less. He was excited to come to church and worship, but you know what? It started to lose its it's drive. He started finding himself listening to a lot more other music, interested in other things, less of a hunger for God. He started compromising in his life. At first it was small compromises, then it got bigger and bigger and bigger. He started indulging in things that he knew he shouldn't indulge in. He started going down a path that he knew he shouldn't start going in. So on the outside you couldn't tell what Benny was feeling on the inside, but on the inside he was drying up spiritually. Now, Benny, well, Benny is spiritually, he's dry bones. And some of you may be, be able to relate right now to the sense of dryness that people experience. And if that's your case today, I want to talk to you today out of the Word of God how to turn dry bones into life. Some of you need to hear this message God has put this message on my heart for some of you specifically today. You need to hear what, what needs to happen when someone is feeling dry to bring them back to life again. Are you ready today? All right. Take your Bibles turn to Ezekiel chapter 37. I'm going to begin reading in verse 1 of Ezekiel 37. The prophet by the name of Ezekiel has a vision from the Lord. And the vision that he has is a prophetic vision. In other words, it's a vision with a message to it. The Bible says in verse 1 of Ezekiel chapter 37, The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, 
And I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very, very dry. And he asked me, son of man, can these bones live? I said, sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath into you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Word of the Lord. If you're here today and you can relate to Benny Drybones and you're at a place spiritually where you know that you need an awakening, a revival, then I want to talk to you about the, ro wo the road to revival. In fact, as we look at the vision of Ezekiel chapter 37, I believe there are four things that God does to revive someone. So if you're at the brink of dryness, then you need to hear what God is saying to you through this passage in Ezekiel chapter 37. If you're right, taking notes, write this down. Number one, renewal, spiritual renewal, often starts by opening our eyes to the reality of our spiritual condition. Notice what God does to Ezekiel. He takes Ezekiel in the spirit and he shows him a vision of a valley that's full of dry bones. But he doesn't just show him the, the dry bones. He takes him, notice, notice what it says. He brought me out of the spirit and he sent me into the middle of a valley. It was full of dry bones. And he led me back and forth among them and I saw a great many bones on the floor. In other words, he didn't just show them a picture of dry bones. He took him and he led them through the valley so that Ezekiel could see very close up these bones. And they weren't just bones, they were dry bones. What was God doing in the middle of the valley? God was showing Ezekiel in the middle of the valley how bad, how bad the spiritual condition of Israel really was. How bad it really was. Can I tell you, sometimes before revival happens, before renewal happens, we have to see how bad it really is. A lot of couples, before they get marital counseling, they have to know how bad it really is. Finally, when she says, I'm going for uh, divorce papers, then suddenly he says, oh, maybe we should go to counseling. You see, he's got to see how bad it really is. Sometimes before you go to the doctor, you have to see, feel how bad it really is. And you have pain in your chest and you can't breathe. And then you go to the doctor because you have to realize how bad it really is. Sometimes before you go to the rehab center or 12-step group, you have to realize how bad your addiction really is because the truth is we tend to gloss over our spiritual condition, our physical condition, our marital condition. We tend to minimize it. We tend to excuse it. We tend to make excuses of why it's not really that bad when in reality it's a lot worse sometimes than we admit that it is. You know, Elijah 
Thank you, Vinny. God took Ezekiel, and he took Ezekiel through the valley of dry bones. He wanted to take a close look, not from afar, but a close look, a very close look, a close look, a very close look, a closer look, so close it made people uncomfortable. Some of you are saying, Pastor, you're supposed to be on the stage. Don't invade our space. You know, sometimes we have to look closer than just from afar. Sometimes we have to realize that our spiritual condition is a lot worse than it really is. Ezekiel, by the way, was called as a prophet. And uh, just to give a little bit of a historical context so you know that how bad it was in Israel. In about uh, 586 B.C., around 600 years before Jesus... God had chosen a people, raised a nation. David had been a king in, in Israel. They had built a temple, a magnificent temple. They had built a palace. They had put a wall around a city. They called it Jerusalem. And God had chosen a people, and they were a thriving people. And God had said, I will be your God, and I will be in the midst of you. And no one can come against you, and my presence will be in this place. And Jerusalem became the center of God activity. But the people of God started to compromise. They, they started to turn their back on God. They started to worship other idols. They started to compromise in their faith. And God kept calling them back, come back to me, come back to me, come back to me. But they hardened their heart and their spiritual condition got worse. And so God allowed the Babylonians to siege Jerusalem in 586 B.C. The Babylonians surrounded the the city of Jerusalem and for a year they besieged it until there was a breach in the wall and they went inside Jerusalem and they captured the people they burned the temple they destroyed the palace they took the people that were there captive they tore down the walls of Jerusalem all they left in Jerusalem were the sick the poor the elderly in the ruins of the city and then they took all the people captive, they put them in chains, and they took them to Babylon. Along with them was a prophet by the name of Ezekiel. Ezekiel is in Babylon. His people are devastated. They're ruined. They're depressed. There's very little hope. They can't see a way forward. They've seen better days. If you study history, you'll know that they were captive for 70 years and God finally liberated them, set them free. But this was a very, very dark time in their existence, a very, very dark time in their life. You may be going through a very, very dark time right now. But I want to challenge you not to gloss over your spiritual condition. I want you to be honest about where you're at spiritually. I want you to recognize if you are dry spiritually right now. Don't try to say, oh, it's okay, it's not a big deal. You know, we all go through these phases. No, let's be honest about it. How long have you been in this phase? How dry is your spiritual life? Remember the fire that you had? Remember the zeal that you possessed? Remember how you walked with God with integrity? 
Remember how you told everybody almost that you knew about God? Remember when you couldn't wait to get to worship and tears would stream down your face as you worshiped God? Remember when you were excited about the Word and wanted to learn and wanted to grow? Remember when you got convicted about little things and you would respond to those convictions rapidly? Remember how you were and, well, if you're in a spiritual place of dryness, remember Let's be honest about where you're at today. I believe that the Spirit of God, in order to get us ready for revival and renewal, we have to come to a point where we finally acknowledge how dry we really are, how desperate we really are. We have to come to a point where we look at the mirror and we don't cover it up. We have to look at the mirror without any filters to it. We have to acknowledge, yes, my heart is hard. Yes, I'm far from God. Yes, I'm spiritually dry. We have to come to a point where we're willing to acknowledge the depth at which we have fallen, the dryness of our soul, the struggle of our life, the doubt in our heart, the weariness of our soul. We have to come to a place where we actually say, yes, that's where I'm at. God takes Ezekiel in this vision through the valley of dry bones. The second thing I want you to understand is not only does God, does renewal often start by opening up our eyes to the reality of our spiritual condition, but secondly, the word of the Lord is the awakening catalyst that God uses to initiate renewal. Notice what he says in verse 4. Then he said to me, who said to me? The Lord said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Prophesy to these bones. What does it mean to prophesy? Well, some of us connect prophecy to predictions about the future, and that's part of prophecy, but really To prophesy is to declare the Word of God over someone or over something. Let me say that again. To prophesy is to declare the Word of God over someone or over something. And the Word of God is proclaimed two ways. It can be foretelling or it can be foretelling. So prophecy sometimes has to do with with the future, and some of the prophets would predict what would happen 100 years from now, 50 years from now, 200 years from now. They would have a vision into the future, and they would predict the future. But prophecy is also a foretelling of the Word of God. In other words, what God wants you to hear right now, today, about your life that you know is God speaking to you. Are you tracking with me here today? So it involves future, but sometimes it's just about the present. That God speaks to you right now. I have people that tell me, Pastor, you know, the word that, you know, I I first started coming. And when I came, you were speaking like directly to me. 
And I was looking around and saying, did someone tell this guy what I was going through? Because, like, you were telling directly to me. I even had uh, married men say to their wives who brought them, hey, did you talk to the pastor about me? What were you saying? Because the Spirit of God will sometimes deposit in you exactly what you need to hear at the exact moment that you need to hear it so that you will know it's God speaking to you now. That's the foretelling of the Word of God. But it's the Word of God that awakens us. And so the Spirit of God says to Ezekiel, prophesy to these bones and say to them, hear the Word of the Lord. And this is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make your flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So Ezekiel is given the task of preaching to, to bones that have no ears, skeletons that have no heart, unresponsive dead bones. And the word, of the, God, the word of the Lord says, come and prophesy to those bones. Can I tell you something? Sometimes God asks us to do things on the way to renewal that seem just useless. Sometimes he tells us to do things that seem like they're just foolish to do. Prophesy to bones? Imagine Elijah walking through the valley of bones saying, bones, rise up. Bones, God is going to put breath in you. Hey, bones, you're going to have a heart. Hey, bones, you're going to have a skin. Hey, bones, you're going to have tendons. And he's just prophesying. He's speaking loudly, preaching to a valley full of bones. Ezekiel could have said, this, I feel like a fool doing this. I mean, they can't hear me. This is, seems like it's craziness to be speaking to bones. Can I tell you, sometimes God asks you as you're in the road to renewal to do things that maybe you feel are a little crazy. I don't want to worship. I don't even know if I believe in God right now. He's a thousand miles away. You want me to raise my hands and to sing to God? That's foolish. You want me to read a Bible? I'm so dry, so distracted. I think it's a waste of time. You want me to talk to someone else and have them pray over me when I feel like the heavens are brass and barely have any spiritual interests, and you want them to pray over me. I mean, I feel like this is foolishness. Because sometimes the road to revival and renewal feels foolish at the time before it takes effect in our life. And so I want you to know that sometimes as God is reviving your soul, you feel like you're going to have to do some things that are useless, are senseless, are not making a difference, but it's God's way to lead you down the road of spiritual renewal. And here's what it happens. Listen what happens. The Spirit of God tells Ezekiel, prophesy to these bones. Say the word of the Lord to these bones. Can I tell you something about the word of the Lord? 
The word of the Lord is, is his manifest written word. There's power in the word of the Lord. God spoke and the heavens were created. God spoke and separated. When God speaks, he brings life. When God speaks, he creates. God's word has power. In fact, the word of God has life. Listen what the, the, the scripture says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. All scripture, and our Bible, by the way, is the written word of the Lord. All scripture is God-breathed. Say that out loud. Some versions in, uh, say the word inspired. The same word inspired is the same as God-breathed. All scripture is breathed of God, inspired by God, comes out of the breath of God, the life of God, listen, and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. That's 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 says this, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, it penetrates even to the dividing of soul and spirit and joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. He says the word of the Lord is living and active. Listen to me well. When God's word is proclaimed according to the word of God, inspired by the spirit, the word of God goes out and it's not just dead doctrine or theology or thoughts about God. It's alive and active, which means that the Word of God goes out, and if it, if it gets into your spirit, something that's alive is evolving and changing, and it gets into your spirit, and it starts to have a dynamic combustion with your spirit, is mixed with faith, and suddenly you start to see a transformation, something happen inside of you because the Word of God is living Word. It's a living and powerful word that, is, that goes hand in hand with his Holy Spirit. And so some of you come under the word of God and you say, I don't know what happened to me. I know what happened to you. It's the living word of God. It's slicing through things. It's getting to the heart. It's exposing things. It's bringing you into a new realm of understanding of God. It's awakening something that was dead inside of you. It's spiritual, not physical. It's beyond your comprehension in the physical realm because it's the spirit of the living God working through his word and bringing life wherever it goes. It's the living, active word of God. And so here's what God says to Ezekiel. Ezekiel, I want you to go around to those dead bones, and I want you to start prophesying to those dead bones. Three times God says, and they will live, and they will live, and they will live. Let me tell you why. Because the Word of God, the Word of God brings life. It's active and it brings life. The Bible says, the thief cometh to steal, to kill, and destroy, but Jesus said, I have come that you have life and that you have it to the full. Hear me well. Any church that has the life of God is a church that will preach the word of God. The word of God has to be preached for people to have spiritual life. The word of God is inspired, God-breathed. It's infallible, which means it has no error. It's an, it's an errant, which means it has no error. It's infallible, which is, means it cannot come back void to us. That's the word of God. 
So if you're in a church and if you're listening to me, get out of a church that's not preaching the word of God. It needs to be the word, the word, the word, the word, the word. Why? Because the word has life and the word has power. The word saves, changes. The word has the ability to transform people's life, but it has to be the word that's preached. God tells Ezekiel, he says, I want you to go and I want you to do something. I want you to speak to the bones the word that I give you. So Ezekiel goes through the valley of bones and he starts speaking to the bones. He starts saying, one day you'll arise again. One day you'll have breath. I want you to hear the word of the Lord, bones. The bones aren't responding. They're not doing anything. And he's going shouting to the bones, bones, one day you'll have a destiny. God will restore your destiny. One day you'll live again. One day you'll have skin. One day you'll have flesh. Hey, bones, hear the word of the Lord. It seems like a useless exercise, but there's a powerful dynamic that's taking place in the spiritual realm that cannot be seen in the physical world, but it's starting to take root in the spiritual world. Number three, I want you to write this down. Renewal is awakening process that leads to spiritual breath and life on mission. Verse seven, So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise. So Ezekiel starts to prophesy. He's in a valley of dead bones. And he's saying, hey, bones, hear the word of the Lord. He's coming. Skin is going to come on your bones. Bone is going to connect to bones. You're going to live again. You're going to be a people again. That which was dead is going to come to life. That which had no breath will have breath again. Hear the word of the Lord. The bones, there's nothing. Hey, bones, listen to me. God is about to do a new thing. He's about to awaken you. He's about to bring you to life. Hear me, bones. Nothing. And then as he's preaching... Hey, I've been there, Ezekiel, don't worry. I preached when it seemed like nothing was happening. I preached when it seemed like it was hard. I preached when it seemed like this is useless. But you know what always happens? The Word of God never comes back void. As he's preaching and maybe getting tired, He's prophesying as God told him to prophesy, prophesy, bones, you're going to live. Bones, hear me. I know it doesn't feel like you're hearing me, but I'm going to keep prophesying. I'm going to keep speaking in faith what I believe God is going to do over you. I'm prophesying over your destiny, over your future, over your present. And as he's prophesying, suddenly way in the back, he hears a little rattle. He thinks probably those mice have gotten into those skeletons. He hears a little rattle and he thinks, well, maybe it's the animal still chewing on the carcasses. But he keeps preaching, bones, I want you to hear me, bones. I'm prophesying the word of the Lord. Then he hears a little rattle over there. And he's thinking, oh, there's some more mice. Come on, bones, I'm talking to you, bones. The word of God has something. You're going to live again. Bones, I'm speaking to you, bones. And then he hears a little bit more rattling over there and a little bit more rattling over here and a little bit more rattling. Hey, these bones start to rattle a little bit. Come on, Benny, help me out. He starts to hear a little rattling. 
He starts to hear that bones are connecting to bones. Sinews are connecting to sinews. Cartilage is connected to cartilage. It starts to come alive. The bones start to have some life to them. Why? Because the word of the Lord brings to life that which is dead. Hey, Benny, you got that? Here's what I want you to see. It says that there's a rattling and the bones start coming together, the bone upon bone, and they look and tendons start appearing and flesh on them and skin covered by them, but there was no breath in them. So the Bible tells us that suddenly it starts to bring about a revival. And can I tell you this? It took you a while to get into a spiritual place of dryness. You don't get out of your spiritual place of dryness in a day. It's a process to get you out of your place of dead bones. It's a journey to get out of the place of dryness and darkness into a place of life. You don't just hear a message and you're revived. It took you a while to descend into the valley of darkness. It took you months, sometimes years, of going down into the valley of dryness and spiritual lukewarmness. It'll take a while to get you out of there. It'll start with the rattling. Something has to come together. But the Word of God... Continued exposure to the Word of God starts to awaken us. It says in verse 9, Then he said to me, here's where, the, here's where the change comes, Prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say, This is what the sovereign Lord says, Come, breath, from the four winds, and breathe into these slain that they may live. Now notice Ezekiel now, he's prophesied to the bones, and the bones have come together and formed bodies. So now Ezekiel, instead of a valley full of bones, Ezekiel is prophesying to a valley full of dead people. They're better off than bones, but they're still dead. Hello? It's no longer dry bones, but it's a bunch of dead bodies. And I believe in awakening, there's levels, of, there's levels of interaction with God. He starts by getting our attention. He starts by putting us together. Bones are connected. He's putting the pieces together. He's arranging us in a community. He's putting people around us. He's setting our heart in the right place. He's positioning us so that we can come alive, but then we're missing one thing. After you have been positioned for awakening, you still need one key ingredient that makes the difference between life and death, and that's the breath of God. Listen, I want you to hear me well. Listen, listen. I want to talk to you about breath for a second. I know your wife's talked to you about your breath before. But let, let, let me talk to you about breath. Breath is a very intimate thing because you have to, well, when you get close to someone, you, you feel their breath or smell their breath. Different societies have different levels of comfortability of how close you can talk to people. I grew up in the country of Spain. In Spain, people are very, they're, they're huggers, they kiss each other on the cheek when they see each other. 
I mean, if you go there, you have to get used to it because they see you. Ah, they don't even know you, and they kiss you on both cheeks. Men do that as well. Women, uh, they kiss you on both cheeks. They hug you. How are you doing? And their comfort level of talking is a lot closer. Americans usually want a distance. They shake your hand like this, and they want you distance. And if you're a little bit too close, they keep backing off a little bit. You know, you keep backing off, and you kind of put a table in between you, like, okay, talk to me. Hey, I need my space a little bit. Have you ever walked into an elevator? When you walk into an elevator and it's just two people, you probably stand at the one end of the elevator and someone else. If you walked on an elevator and someone stood right next to you, you'd feel a little uncomfortable, like, hey, dude, give me some space. Why are you standing next to me? You take that side of the elevator, I take this side of the elevator. Breath is a very intimate thing. Breath speaks to your health as well. If you're sick, if you have decaying teeth, you typically have bad breath. If you're healthy, your breath speaks to that health. Listen, there's something about the breath of God that you need to be aware of. Look at Genesis chapter 1, the first chapter in the Bible. We have the first indication of the breath of God. In Genesis, I'm sorry, Genesis chapter 2, the second chapter in the Bible, verse 7. It says, the Lord formed man from the dust of the ground. Man was formed from the dust. His body was formed. Adam was a, was a body. And then it says this. Listen to what it says. And breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. Hear me well. Don't miss this. What did God do? He breathed into man, and his breath brought life. God's breath is the giver of life. It brings life. Where God breathes, he brings life. Now, if you look at the word in the, in the Hebrew for breath, you'll start to discover that there's one word in the Hebrew called ra, R-U-A-H. It's translated breath. For example, even in Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 5, 6, 8, 9, and 10, it's translated wind. In verse 9, spirit. In verse one, uh, verse, uh, verses 1 and 14. The context is usually determined by the translation, but the same word, breath, spirit, and wind, are all the same. The word breath... The word wind and the word spirit are all the same in the Hebrew language. Listen, God's breath is the giver of life. When God speaks, He speaks life. When He breathes on you, He breathes life. In John chapter 20, verse 20, 21 and 22, Jesus was on earth. He was speaking to his disciples, and it says, and again, Jesus said, he's speaking to his disciples, and he says, peace be with you. As the Father has sent you, I'm sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is spoken to as a wind, the breath of God, the wind of God. Where the Spirit comes, it brings life. In, in 
Ephesians chapter 2, it tells us that we were dead in our trespasses and sins, and then God quickened us to life. He brought us to life. Here's what I want you to hear. I want you to know that God is the giver of life. He's the giver of physical life. He's the giver of spiritual life. We believe in the sanctity of life, by the way. We believe if God gave life, he should be the only one that takes life. That we are not the authors or have the authority to take life from other people. God is the giver of life and he's the taker of life. We believe in the sanctity of life. We believe that God breathed life into people, physical life. But we also believe that God breathed spiritual life into people. Listen, if you have not experienced the spirit of God upon you, you are not spiritually alive today. You are physically alive. You can intellectually understand what I'm saying. You can emotionally understand what I'm saying, but you cannot spiritually understand what I'm saying unless you have the Spirit of God inside of you. The Spirit of God comes only one way. The Spirit of God comes only one way. It comes when you are willing to bow your knee and proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Open up your heart in faith and invite the power of the Spirit of God to transform you from the inside out. That's what, we, that's what the Bible calls being born again. At the moment that you are born again, the only way that you can be born again is if the Spirit of God comes inside of your spirit and makes you come alive to God. From that moment on, you are alive spiritually. When you read the Bible, you'll understand things that you didn't understand before. You'll be convicted of sin. You'll have power in your life that you never had before. When you go to worship, you'll want to say, Abba, Father, Daddy, here I am. Why? It's the Spirit of God. He's breathed upon you. You've received the Holy Spirit, and now you are a living spiritual being. If you're here today and you're religious and you've been around the things of Christ a long time and you do not have the Spirit of God, then you intellectually understand the message. You can emotionally connect with the message, but you cannot be transformed by the power unless you have the Spirit inside of you. And if you don't have the Spirit inside of you, I wouldn't leave this auditorium without saying, I need the Spirit of God to come inside of me and transform me from the inside out. Because that's what it means to be a living spiritual being. If you are here today and you say, Pastor, I have the Spirit inside of me, but I'm dead spiritually, I'm dry spiritually, I'm disconnected spiritually, then you need renewal. You can live in such a way that grieves the Spirit of God. You can live in such a way that the Spirit of God is quenched within you. And that leads you to a place of dryness. It leads you to a place of dry bones. And when you are dry spiritually, you will show some of the same signs in your life that you had before you became a believer. Because although you have the Spirit, you are dry spiritually. I want you to notice this, by the way. That God speaks and the breath of God comes upon this dead group of people. Notice what he says. He prophesied. And this is what the Sovereign Lord says, Come, breath of God, from the four winds and breathe into the slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. 
Can I tell you something? The Spirit of God doesn't come upon you just to make you someone that sits in a pew. The Spirit of God comes upon you so that you would live on mission. The Spirit of God came upon this dry bones, and suddenly they rose up and they were a vast army. The word used for vast army is a powerful force, unstoppable people. The Spirit of God came upon what was ignorable, what was broken, and suddenly what was broken became this powerful, unstoppable army called the people of God. Listen, when the Spirit of God comes upon you, it's not just to make you feel good. It's not just so that you'll be happy. When the Spirit of God comes upon you, it's so that you would live on mission. It's so that you would carry the culture, the kingdom with you, so that the breath of God would go with you, so that where you walk, you bring the presence of God. You speak life into people. You share the good news with people. You pray for people. People are healed and transformed. People sense the power of God around you. Why? Because you have the breath of God inside of you now. And then lastly, number four, write this down. Renewal restores the divine destiny that was hijacked by the enemy. Verse 11, he says, Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. My people, I'm going to open the graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back from the land to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am your Lord. I will open up the graves and bring you from them. I will put my spirit in you and you will live. I will settle you in the land. Then you will know that I am the Lord that I have spoken and, and that I have done it, declares the Lord. Let me close with this. Oftentimes when we lack the Spirit of God, when we go through a dry time in our life, we lose the destiny that God has called us towards. What Ezekiel was telling these dry bones is that I'm going to restore that which the enemy has tried to take from you. God promised you a land. God promised you to be a people. God promised you to be a, a center of worship. All that was taken away from them because they were in the middle of the valley of dry bones. And God is saying, I'm going to restore this through my spirit. Listen to me very well. There are some of you, because of the dryness that you've been through, you have lost your marriage. You have seen the prodigal drifting of your sons and daughters. You've lost your joy. Your mental health is not the place that it needed to be. You've compromised in your life and sowed seeds in your life. And you look at your life and it's a mess. And God is saying, I want to restore that which the enemy has taken. I want to breathe in you again. I want to restore a future and a destiny to your life. I want to start uh, what God had intended for you. He wants you to regain again back in God. God wants to do something in you that restores the destiny that he originally called you to.